All right, welcome back to another episode of the Casey Campbell podcast. Casey Campbell here, of course, and I'm joined by uh, the head boys basketball coach at Northville High School, a uh, good friend of mine over the years, Mr. Todd Sander. How are you, sir? Great, Casey. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Great to see you again. I know we've, we've missed you with the season delayed so far out on the trail, but uh, no, it's great to connect. Thanks again. Yeah. Um, so I think the, of course, ever, you know, you've played four games so far as uh, you were telling me, but what's it going to be like this year, uh, this year more than ever, because at this time of the year, seasons are just winding down, but this time you're only in your third week of doing it and you got two more games coming up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, knock on wood, um, the first hope was that we would be playing, right? And we are. So the, the second hope for us and everybody else around is that we'll be able to continue our seasons uh, uninterrupted. So, you know, that's what we're all striving for. So we're happy to be playing. Games look a little bit different. The benches look a little bit different. Some of the rules are a little bit different. But it's interesting, you know, as soon as the ball is, you can't even say thrown up anymore, but as soon as it's thrown in, it's just like it was in terms of competing and, you know, holding guys accountable and getting excited and um, watching your kids develop and get better and grow. Um, but yeah, the, it's almost the end of February. So teams would either be in the hunt for their division or conference, or, you know, if that goal was off the board, you'd be ramping up for your district. Um, the calendar says February 18th, but in a basketball way or the basketball calendar, it really to me is, you know, maybe early or even mid-December because those first couple games are more like a Thanksgiving scrimmage or you had a holiday tournament maybe that you played on where you could work some of the kinks out or fine-tune or refine your, your player rotation. Um, but there's just, there's no time for that now. Um, it's crazy. When, I think the second reschedule that we had, we were originally scheduled for 18 games when in the season was delayed. And when I counted it up, we were going to play 18 games and have 24 practices, um, not including shoot arounds or tryout dates. And, you know, in a typical 20 game, four month season, you might practice at the varsity level 65 to 75 times. So, you know, th that's what's hard is uh, just guys have missed out on so many opportunities, but uh, everybody's making the best of it. And like I said, you, you got to learn fast. Okay. So you were talking about all the different things that you were doing, but you know, it's you, you can say all these things are different, but what is exactly for those that don't know what is different about this year other than anything else? Um, just kind of take me through maybe some of the similarities that we're used to, but how different is it now because of, you know, the benches, the locker rooms? Um, you know, I know you guys don't take transportation to games, but what how different? What are some of the things that are different this year for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, from, from a rules perspective, um, there are no jump balls in any high school game. So, the, and, and this all comes from, it's not even, a, it's not handled by the league. It's not handled by the MHSA. It all comes down from the National Federation of High Schools, the NFHS, which govern high school sports rules. Um, there's no jump balls. So the visiting team gets the first possession at half court uh, every single game. And then there's the normal alternating possession on jump balls after that. Um, the second half to begin every second half, regardless of what the arrow says, the home team gets first possession. And if you're to have an overtime game, you start with the coin toss. And then a second overtime would be the team that didn't win the coin toss. So I mean, there's, there's a few quirks with things like that. You know, you can think about some of these and go, 
well, that doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense, um, you know, but we, we, we've kind of conditioned our guys that, hey, we need to accept what the rules are and everybody's playing in the same playing field. So, you know, chairs and the benches are split um, space six or more feet apart, depending on the facility that you're in. You know, that can make timeouts a little bit challenging. Um, we have a section of stools that we started using so that at least you could have a little bit of a huddle because you, you, you still are allowed to huddle and be within six feet, you know, for, for short or brief periods of time. Um, timeouts are all full timeouts this year. So in a, um, before the season, every team got three full timeouts and you had two 30 seconds after that. Well, every, every timeout is a, is a one minute timeout this year. Um, they want us to limit our time in and out of locker rooms, you know, just to try and be, make sure you're spaced and not confined into small areas. Um, obviously everybody is wearing masks from the people at the scorers table to the officials to the coaches, to the players on the floor, you know, that obviously has gotten a lot of press, but I will say, I mean, even, even when we were allowed to play in the fall um, in open gyms, when they opened that up prior to the, the shutdown in November, our kids, and I'm sure it's like everywhere, they're following the rules. They're doing everything that they can. They really don't complain about it. You know, you, you see pictures and yes, sometimes it'll slip below their nose, but at a dead ball, they're putting it back up and, they have not complained at all about having to wear a mask. Um, I, I think they just want to play so bad. So they're willing to do whatever they have to do. Whatever it takes to play. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, you know, Northville looks a little bit different this year. Um, you know, in terms of people on the court, a lot of basically your entire starting five basically just graduated and you have, and you bring right in a new cast of characters. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's challenging. Um, but that's, that to me is part of the fun challenge of coaching at the high school level it, is, you know, you get guys for usually two years, sometimes there's an exception to that. Um, and you got to be ready to reload and adapt your system with who's coming back. Um, we had a great team last year, as you know, we have a great team this year. Um, but yeah, we, we graduated literally our five starters um, that pretty much started every game last year. Um, if you look at the numbers or the stats from last year, I think about 90% of our scoring graduated from last year. Um, if we ever could have benefited from a summer season and bringing up, you know, the returning junior or the juniors that played last year, now seniors, to meld them with the sophomores, now juniors, this, this would have been a time when I think we really would have gotten a lot done this summer, but that couldn't happen, you know, and we understand that and it's for everybody's safety. Um, so you guys got to learn fast and we've got smart kids. We've got great kids that, that want to do anything they can to help the team win and to play. So, uh, we've gotten so much better, even in these first four games that we've played, even though it's only been over a 10 calendar day times time period, we've made a lot of progress already. Yeah. So you, you mentioned those new faces on there kind of explain for people that don't know a lot about basketball or your team or anything like that who who just who they are yeah sure so we've uh we've had the same starting lineup through the first four games um we're starting five seniors currently our point guard is george fox uh george was a two-year jv player for us and was a backup point guard last year um, basketball only kid loves to play um, our two guard is has been jake willerer um, jake's a varsity baseball player a uh, very solid competitor has a great shot from the outside, um, truly a competitor, comes from a great athletic family. 
Uh, our three guard is probably a name that you recognize, uh, Brett Rankin. Brett had a terrific football career for Northville the last couple of years. He was he was kind of morphed into the quarterback um, his junior year and then was a slot guy and a um, just a, a really effective offensive weapon. Brett's a great athlete, really big competitor, uh, hates to lose, probably the fastest, quickest player on our team. Um, our foreman is a guy you can't miss him. Um, it's Jack Huddy, who is now about 6'8", in a legitimate 6'8". Um, Jack only plays basketball like George, and uh, he's had a great start to the season. You know, his minutes were a little bit limited last year, um, probably more to the fact of the guys who he was playing with, nothing that he had a lot of control about just because we were pretty experienced at the forward position last year. And our starting five is, uh, is Brett Rudolph, who, uh, again, another two-year JV guy. He was kind of our sixth man last year. So Brett has the most significant game experience of our guys coming back and really came into the season with high expectations and kind of our go-to guy. Um, he had 24 points, a career high up at Howell last night um, in our wins. So Brett, uh, he's played his best basketball really the last game and a half. Um, he's dealt with some early foul trouble. Huddy's dealt with a little bit of foul trouble, but uh, no, we we have a great core group of seniors, and then we've got two seniors um, that can come off the bench in Nolan O'Callaghan and Jacob Eiler. Yeah, so kind of going, looking into, you know, the league, of course, the KLA is known for, you know, excitement, as uh, I've known for the last few years. Um, the league also had a little bit of a, uh, a, a little big part of a change, you know, yeah. teams that you usually wouldn't expect up there are up there and teams you wouldn't expect to be down or down. Well, that, what, what is the league like this year? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can really only speak to our division um, because we, we, we actually, until the final game, we probably won't cross over with the, um, with the other division very often. So, you know, and once division play starts and we started right in the middle of it, you're playing home and home and just the way the schedule works out this year and the way that the delays kept happening is it's very unbalanced. Um, we've played Salem twice, obvious already, um, before we've played anybody once. And we opened with Canton last Tuesday and we're playing Canton again this Saturday. So, you know, we've been really focused on our, the opponents that we've been, uh, that we've already played and that we're getting ready for. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, a lot of schools went through a lot of, you know, similar situations as us, graduation. Um, the league is very talented. Um, I don't know if it gets enough credit really for the Metro Detroit area in terms of how good the basketball is that's here. Um, all of the coaches are fantastic. Um, everybody prepares. Everybody knows what the heck they're doing. Um, you know, it's a pretty experienced group of coaches in both divisions, um, not a ton of turnover. But uh, in our division, Canton is right now sitting at the top at uh, 4-0. Um, we talked a little bit about them. They, you know, they, they had two experienced guards coming back who are juniors who played a ton of minutes as sophomores. So the way that this offseason has shaken out, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they were maybe a little bit ahead of everybody else. You know, they certainly lost a lot in Stesiak and Vickers. Um, but when you have two experienced guards back, that really aren't playing their first varsity games anymore. To me, that gives you a little bit of a leg up. Um, Brighton has a really solid team. I haven't seen a lot of them yet because we don't play them for about 10 days. Um, but I know they had a, a couple wars back to back with Heartland, who is you know a team sitting near the top, who's exceptionally talented. Um, 
again, has another great individual player who can, who can beat you by himself if you're not careful. Um, Plymouth is always tough. They lost a lot of their size. Um, we have to deal with both Heartland and Plymouth uh, coming up next week and both on the road. So, I mean, the, the thing about our division, and I think it's probably, I say it every year, um, but it's probably never been truer than this year is that it's, it's so solid top to bottom in that there's, there's not just a, a, a game that you can look at your schedule and say, okay, yeah, we should have a pretty good chance at win at that one. Um, I mean, you have to show up every night or else you can be severely disappointed after that game. So it's fun, you know, it's, it, it's, you'd, you'd probably like to have an easy one here every once in a while. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, that's why we do it. So it's fun to have a challenge every, every game. So the non-league games that of course you would be playing early on, you still play some of them, like some midway through, through the season, you were telling me. Talk about yeah, how it's going. Um, each school, I think is handling that a little bit differently. So the way that it worked in, in, in our, in our conference was, we have uh, two, two divisions of eight schools each, and you, they have kept your double round Rodman home and home within your division. So we have 14 division games, and then there is a championship round at the end, which would typically be a variation of a conference tournament. Um, but this year, and again, this is one of those changes that I alluded to, this year, just because of timing, it's, uh, it's only one game. So you have to win your division to have a chance at winning the conference. So the one seed from the East will play the one seed from the West all the way down through eight. So that, that, uh, that gets you to 15 games, but then uh, everybody had a kind of a crossover warm-up schedule before uh, I lose track, the third shutdown, I think. So like we, we were supposed to open with Livonia Stevenson who finished in third place last year, which is where we finished. Um, but that was supposed to happen in early February prior to us being allowed to play. We have slotted that game to, I think, I think we're playing them on March 6th. So we, we kept our crossover coming up on that date. I know a few schools have just said, hey, you know, we're not gonna bother making it up. Um, and then we also play South Lion on February 27th. So we, if we get all of our games in, we'll have 17 games that we will have played this year. Now, is there any, do you, are you like, if, if, so when the district playoffs happen and, you know, ultimately a lot of teams are going to go out once there's also something that, which I think is interesting that you can play as many, you can play a lot, you can play more games once you are out to, be, to make yeah. up some of the ones. Is that, that something that could be happening with you guys or something like that? Yeah. Possibly, we, you know, we've we've kicked around a few ideas with that. So what you're what you're alluding to, and I, I think it's a great move by the MHSAA. What what they did, part of the change was, if you once you get knocked out in your district or regional or whenever you lose in the state tournament, um, you're permitted to keep playing games through the duration of the state tournament. So basically, through the day of the state finals, which are the weekend after Easter this year. Um, I think April 9th is the date. Um, to get try and get to your full 20 game schedule. Um, it, it's interesting. It's we've thought a lot about it. We don't have any of those games scheduled right now. You know, to me, a few things that that you want to think about um, are that you think it through that you don't just automatically say we're going to do it because you you know, you want to know a little bit about the health of your team. Um, there's a when you lose, you know, as a coach, sometimes you just you want to have a break for a few weeks because you've just been going and going and going. Um, this year, I think it's a little bit different because you missed out 
on development of so many so much time for your underclassmen that I think there you know there's certainly value in it. Um, would your seniors participate, knowing that they're not coming back, or you know, do you politely excuse your seniors from playing in those games? Because I don't know if guys would really want to once they you know once they've lost in the district. That's always a weird feeling as a high school athlete. Um, you know, so if you didn't play with your seniors, um, do you just roll with your who's left on your roster or do you potentially mix in some of your guys who finished on the JV team, you know, or do you look to schedule JV teams? Um, one thing that that one way we may do it is try and do like a mini a mini tournament almost and have like a, a four, four team tournament where you play a game and then you match the winners up on the second day and the losers up on the second day to get two games there. And, you know, that wouldn't occupy a ton of time because you got multiple sport athletes, you got spring athletes who, you know, may already be delayed in their season. So, you know, to me, there's a lot of factors, but it's, it's definitely worth thinking about as, as we get closer to it, for sure. Yeah. So, so this is, uh, you know, interesting for itself. Um, have you guys had any issues, obviously, you know, as the district with COVID and all that, I know that, you know, really don't know is Northfield kind of doing the hybrid method or anything like that? What, how's school happening there? Yeah. So at the high school level, it's a hybrid version for, for many of the kids there, there's always an, a straight virtual option, you know, that certain people could opt out, opt in for, for the entire semester. Um, but if you want to be in person at Northville High School, half of the school goes every other day. So if you go to school three days a week this week, you would be live in the building two days the following week and you're, you're virtual the other days. So, you know, I, I think our enrollments somewhere between 25 and 2600 kids. Um, I think what I heard is there's, you know, seven ish hundred that are virtual only, which means there's about 900 kids in the building, I, I think. Um, live those days, you know, and even that in itself, um, it has just created some, some new um, things that you need to deal with. I can't say they're challenges because they're pretty darn easy to deal with, but it's just everything's new this year. Um, we typically have a shoot around if there's a half day um, on a school. Well, now with potentially half of your kids, um, at home, right, having to be on their Zoom, your shoot around can't start exactly as early as it typically would. Um, we practice in the evening, but we always have after school practices between the girls and boys programs that typically would start, you know, right close to 2.30. Well, again, for the same reason, um, those practices aren't able to start till 2.45 or 3. So, you know, there's a lot of implications in terms of just gym time and with, with, with the way that school has to be now. Yeah. Interesting enough, indeed. All right, we've had uh, we've had no we've had zero cases, you know, in our in our boys basketball program or or anything like that. Are like so many high school kids, probably, you know, they hear it from us all the time in terms of you know being smart, who they're hanging out with, and keeping their circle tight. Um, so no, I'm I'm really happy and proud of our guys how they've been taking care of each other. All right, Todd Sander, thank you so much for coming on and spending a few minutes, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, maybe talk to you later on in the year. Awesome, Casey. Thanks again.